We're back. We reserve this segment of our program for obituaries when we do them, and we have a couple to talk about today. The first being the death yesterday at age 94 of Claudia Alta Johnson, better known to the nation as Lady Bird, which, as was noted in the obituaries, uh, was a nickname given to her by a maid when she was just two years old. Claudia Alta Taylor graduated from the University of Texas at Austin in 1934 with a Bachelor of Arts degree and a Bachelor of Journalism degree. At that time, she met Lyndon Baines Johnson, then a congressional aide. On their first date, he asked her to marry him. Although she thought his proposal was a joke, they were in fact married two months later in November of 1934. If you have any interest in history at all, and we certainly hope you do, we recommend in the highest possible terms Robert Cairo's biographies of Lyndon Baines Johnson. Cairo has so far completed three of a four-part series, and they're as good a reading as you could possibly find when it comes to American history and biography. Upon the assassination of John F. Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson became our nation's first lady. And during their White House years, she campaigned for her husband's civil rights, environment, and war on poverty policies. She also zealously pushed her own pet cause, which was beautifying America. The obituaries I read uh, mentioned how Lady Bird Johnson took her inheritance and invested them in radio and television stations in Austin, Texas, which she operated for 60 years. Left out of the articles, but included in Cairo's book, uh, <laughs> was the part about LBJ going over to lobby CBS head William Paley personally to make sure that uh, not only did they get radio and TV stations in Austin, they got a monopoly on radio and television stations in Austin. For decades afterward, LBJ maintained the fiction that he had nothing to do with the business end of what was Lady Bird's TV and radio and empire in Austin. She was a very intelligent woman, and the obituaries noted that LBJ often privately turned to Lady Bird for advice and consolation during tough political times. At any rate, the former First Lady passed away at her Austin, Texas home with family and friends around her at the age of 94. All right, in our obituary section, part two, uh, quite a contrast from Lady Bird Johnson, a name I think known to everyone listening to this program. We note the passing of Count Gottfried von Bismarck, a man I'll wager was not known to any of you. He certainly wasn't known to me until I was sent this obituary by my friend Jane in Los Angeles. Jane titled the email, Probably the Best Obituary Ever. And after taking a look at it, I was inclined to agree, and that's why I'm including it in the program today. And everything that follows is a quote from Britain's Telegraph. Count Gottfried von Bismarck was found dead Monday at age 44. He was a German aristocrat with a multifaceted history as a pleasure-seeking heroin addict, hell-raising alcoholic, flamboyant waster, and reckless and extravagant host, of homosexual orgies. And we have to say, as opening paragraphs go, that one's kind of a grabber. The great-grandson of Prince Otto, <clears throat> the great-grandson of Prince Otto, Germany's Iron Chancellor and architect of the modern German state, 
The young von Bismarck showed early promise as a brilliant scholar, but led an exotic life of gilded aimlessness that attracted the attention of the gossip columns from the moment he arrived at Oxford in 1983. When not clad in the lederhosen of his homeland, he cultivated an air of sophisticated complexity by appearing in women's clothes set off by lipstick and fishnet stockings. This aura of dangerous glamour charmed a large circle of friends and acquaintances. At any rate, uh, this entire <laughs> obituary reads like something out of the onion. Anyway, it's just hard to resist details like the fact that Bismarck's removal from Oxford was so abrupt that he was not given time to settle his bills. Prince Ferdinand sent a servant who did the rounds of von Bismarck's favorite, watering, ho favorite watering holes, restaurants, and his tailor bearing a checkbook. And, uh, oh yeah, he, he got booted from Oxford because uh, in celebration of finals, von Bismarck and a young woman took part in a drinking bout that involved excessive amounts of champagne, black velvet, and sherry before she overdosed on heroin and died on his bed. But by all accounts, he was described as a sociable fellow, uh, flitting from table to table at fashionable London nightclubs. He was said to be as comfortable among wealthy Eurotrash as he was on formal occasions calling for black tie. I guess we're proving with this obituary the story that, uh, the quote that uh, the news consists of telling people that Lord Jones is dead when they didn't even know that Lord Jones was alive. And I guess, I suppose the other thing we might say about uh, von Bismarck is that uh, no life is truly wasted because it can always serve as a bad example. And I don't know if you caught this story, but a group that called itself the New Seven Wonders Foundation announced this week the Seven New World Wonders. This uh, followed a campaign in January where voters were allowed to choose from 21 sites shortlisted out of 77. It, uh, it so happens that this correspondent has, uh, has seen six of these seven supposed uh, New Seven World Wonders, and I gotta say... This was not a good election. By far the most embarrassing choice on the list, the statue of Christ the Redeemer in Rio de Janeiro. It's a statue. I mean, it's on a beautiful site, Corcovado Mountain in Rio de Janeiro. Rio, Rio de Janeiro is the world's most beautiful city, take it from me. But it's a statue in the world's most beautiful city. Anyway, I have not seen Chichen Itza in Mexico, but I have seen the other five on the list, the Great Wall of China, the Taj Mahal, Machu Picchu, the Roman Colosseum, and Petra in Jordan. I don't know. The Colosseum is pretty cool, but I think I would have picked the Golden Gate Bridge or even the Eiffel Tower or maybe even the Chunnel in the English Channel uh, over, over the Roman Colosseum. And uh, although Petra in Jordan is pretty cool, make no mistake about it, uh, I'm not sure that I would have put it ahead of Pagan, in Burma, a place you perhaps have never heard of, uh, but a place in, in Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, where they seem to have had half the cathedrals of Europe, or the equivalent of, in terms of Buddhist temples, all in one location. A remarkable, remarkable site uh, that, uh, that, you know, I think few people have heard of. And head-to-head, -head, I'd certainly give the Acropolis the nod over Petra, but um, anyway, de gustibus nonis disputandum. How much you like something, in other words, uh, is something you probably shouldn't argue about. But uh, anyway, I was very disappointed with this list. All right, let's close out with some follow-up on previous uh, articles we've talked about in this show. June 20th article, Sacramento Bee. Natomas waiver sought. 
Subheadline, city officials expected to ask U.S. regulators not to halt building even though levy work isn't done. The article noted that since the Natomas levees lack 100-year flood protection, FEMA has the power to designate North Natomas a flood hazard area. Doing so would require that any new homes be elevated above projected flood depths, which in parts of Natomas could top 20 feet. The local building industry, of course, has strongly opposed any restrictions at all. While city and county officials are arguing with the feds that they should be given a reprieve because they're making rapid progress fixing the levees. This is such a disgrace. Someday in the years to come when there's a gigantic flood out in North Natomas and Sacramento starts to look like uh, New Orleans post-Katrina, everyone's going to go, gee, that's such a shame that happened. Who, but who could have foreseen it? Who except everybody? And there's news out of Louisville, Kentucky last week that federal prosecutors uh, filed notice that they will seek the death penalty if former soldier Stephen D. Green is convicted of killing an Iraqi family and raping a 14-year-old girl. Personally, I hope this guy is convicted, and I hope he does get the death penalty. To do anything less would send a message to the Iraqi populace that the lives of your citizens mean less than the lives of our citizens. At any rate, on a happier note, we've only got a couple minutes left. I think I'd like to quote from a book I picked up down in Old Sack uh, by Catherine Petrus and Ross Petrus, titled Unusually Stupid Americans, a Compendium of All American Stupidity. One of the most curious chapters, which I cannot resist quoting from, was titled Stupid Reactions to Terrorism in the U.S. The chapter noted that terrorism is surely not a humorous topic but there have been some stupid things done as a result of terrorism which prove the unquenchable American spirit and consequent ability to turn something serious into something silly. One would think, with the heightened airport security that's been in place the last few years, that, um, well, you wouldn't have seen something like a passenger getting detained at Lambert Field in St. Louis when his checked-in luggage was found to have a suspicious item, to wit, an alarm clock that had six toy sticks of dynamite attached to it. There's a story about the Medford, Oregon guy who was running a little bit late for his flight, so he came up with a not-so-brilliant way to ensure his flight was delayed long enough for him to get on board. He called in a bomb threat. Apparently, after he made the call, he wanders over to the American West desk at the airport asking about the flight, which was on its way back to the gate. The clerks got suspicious and called the police. So it turned out he, he missed his flight after all. Of course, on the flip side of the coin, we have those overzealous airport security screeners who did the following in order to keep us safe from a wide range of possible threats. Apparently, an airline captain's personal pocket knife, which contained a one-inch blade, was confiscated at New York's LaGuardia Airport before he boarded the Boeing 757. He was going to fly to Florida. The reason? He was told that if he kept the knife... He might use it to gain control of an airplane. And apparently some uh, airport screeners at LAX, who were eager to stick to the letter of the law, decided that regardless of size, they were going to seize toy guns, even though the guns in question were the teeny, tiny, G.I. Joe plastic toy guns that went along with the doll. Apparently after confiscating the two-inch long rifle, LAX spokesman said, 
We have instructions to confiscate anything that looks like a weapon or a replica. If G.I. Joe was carrying a replica, then it had to be taken from him. And apparently these alert officials also asked if the doll came equipped with replica hand grenades, which they also wanted to confiscate. Now, we, we really are not sure that a hand grenade the size of a pine nut would really work as a threat. But a final item, and I believe we mentioned this when it happened a couple years back. U.S. Marines headed for Iraq were boarding a chartered commercial airliner when they were stopped by security. They weren't allowed to board while carrying their knives. No problem. They relinquished their knives and boarded the planes carrying their M-16 rifles and M-60 machine guns. Anyway, our thanks to Mitchell Benson of the UC Davis News and Information Service and urge you to tune in to KVIE in a couple hours to see Huell Hauser's visit to our campus. Thanks also to Dr. Bill Ferrier of the Raptor Center here at UCD, which we will uh, visit in the future. On next week's program, we're going to have 2006 Tour de France winner Floyd Landis, as well as hopefully... GOP presidential candidate, Congressman Ron Paul. And if you've got some questions you'd like us to ask Floyd Landis when we interview him tomorrow, send them to us at info at radioparallax.com. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. <laughs>